She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi, welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us today on Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour brought to you by 360karma.com. We have on a special guest today. She is the author of Live True. True. Live True. <laughs> and also the founder of uh, Transformation Institute. We're going to talk all about that. Please give a warm welcome to Aura Nadrich. Hi. Hi. How are you, Aura? I'm so good. So great yeah. to be here with you. Good. It was great to be at your book signing last night. I know. Night. I said we're having a twofer this week. I know. We see each other two days in a row. I know. Is... It's awesome. Yeah. And you actually have two books. Uh, for the first one was... First book is Says Who. Says Who. I yeah. love that. How says Who. One simple question, Says yeah. Who, can change your life forever. Yeah. And now Live True, a mindfulness guide to authenticity. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, authenticity. I'm all about that, and I appreciate that you wrote a book about that, how to be more mindful, how to be more authentic. Um, and we're going to definitely talk about that. But as everybody knows, I also like to know uh, the road to your writing these books mm -hmm. and what uh, provoked you to do them. So many people, I think, uh, listening always, you know, have a book inside themselves. And we like to talk about, you know, what motivates people to write a book and why they do it. And, and, you know, maybe just, uh, talking about that helps them to say, you know what, it's time to write my own book, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I've actually encountered a few people who had that feeling, yeah. you know, somebody even last night came yeah. up to me and she said she's been, in a particular business for a number of years and she's looking to change oh, I love and her that. friend pointed to her and she said write she wants to write and I said yeah. when you want to write you write yes you know and you get out of your head yes the, what I say in my book the I can't the I don't I won't those negative self-talk things yes. that we tell ourselves yes and I could just sense that she wanted to write a book right so you got something to say. All you yeah. got to do is just start to put it down. Yes. You know? Just get just get started. Get started. Right. You right. know, and get out of your own way. So you were born in Tel Aviv. Yeah. I was. But you actually grew up in the U.S. I did. And you shared a story with me about your family moved here because your your father was in the war and he, he was lost his best friend. Yeah. He yeah. he. I, my mother had just told me that story. I mean, it was a story that she has mentioned before, but mm -hmm. she shared it again recently. So it was fresh in my mind right. about my father was in in one of the wars in Israel at the time and his best friend was next to him and he oh got killed oh my god could you imagine no I I really can't oh it's, my god. it's it's unlike anything that you could ever even yeah. put your mind around and he was very traumatized by mm -hmm. it and he mm -hmm. came home and my mom had four children and he said, we're packing up and we're going to America. Wow. It, big wow. Yeah. And and she was like, uh, okay. Yeah. And he said, we're going to give it a try. Yeah. And we're going to go and we're going to see what that's like. And she said, and we're, we're I guess we're still trying because we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? And your dad was a baker back in Israel and now, and then he came here and opened a famous bakery. He did. Yeah. He had a very famous, a successful uh, patisserie bakery mm -hmm. shop. Mm -hmm. And apparently uh, he made like some of the most amazing, which I remember watching him do this when I would visit him. He made wedding cakes that were spectacular. Oh. That were like, 
I mean, they were like up to here. And, and what was the name of the bakery? I bet a lot of his, people listening um, will know um, it. The one in uh, Israel, I can't remember the name. Uh, but here? Conditory something. Which, But here it was Benish Bakery. Benish Bakery. And for anybody who knows Benish yeah. Bakery, it was very well known. Yes. And it was uh, in the Miracle Mile area. Okay. And he then sold it years later, and it became... I don't know the exact sort of, you know, how the it, it came down the pike, but it was Benish, and then it eventually became Victor Benny's Bakery, but that was bought. Oh, someone was bought, asked me if it was Victor yeah, Benny's Bakery. Yeah, because I think another yeah. family, and then another family, and that name, Benish Bakery. Yeah. Story goes that yeah. it was Victor Benny's Bakery. Right, So that right. was, he started it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but you didn't want to go in that business. No, yeah. as a matter of fact, till today I don't bake. <laughs> I like to cook. We just eat it, right? I, yeah, I like to cook, but I don't bake. And I think the reason why I don't dive into baking is because he was such an artist. Do you know? Yeah, he, who could mess with that? He yeah. really, like I said, these wedding cakes were, were works of art. Yeah. Did so, any of your siblings take it up? My brother. My oh. brother, he had eventually opened up a food factory, and he was one of the first people that introduced um, sugar-free desserts on on airline, you know, airlines. Oh my gosh. So wow. he went into that field and my brother joined him with that when he opened up this, this big warehouse. Wow. Food warehouse. So, okay. So cut to your life. Uh, you decided to be an actress very young. Like mm -hmm. you, you had a very successful career, like r right out of high school. I right? did. Yeah. I did. I was always, um, very drawn to acting. Mm -hmm. And even as a little girl, I remember, you know, creating imaginary plays. and So how lucky for you they moved from Israel to L.A. That's right. And I yeah. do believe that that's the way the universe works. Yes. In very, sometimes not such mysterious ways. Right. In that we look at, you know, where we are today and look at the events that led up to that. Right. And it makes sense. Yes. Do you know? So I was. I was a young girl who very much was, was drawn to acting. And I had declared that I was going to be an actress, I think, like at 10 years old. And... And it happened, and it happened faster than I had even uh, prepared for. So you were doing TV and commercials? and Yeah, I was doing episodic TV and commercials, and I started to act straight out of high school. Right. Uh, and what shows? Um, oh, my gosh. Or what was your favorite? You know, to rattle off, this was the 80s, and, yeah. you know, there were so hey, many. Hey, I was around then. You can tell me. You're right. I mean, I even did like something like, okay, an Archie Bunker, for uh -huh. anybody out there who knows. Yeah. I mean, there were so many... Um, what was it called? The End Game, Archie Bunker. There were so many, uh, uh, so many shows that were on at the time, and then a lot of a lot of commercials. Right? Do you know? Yeah. And was it fun at the time? It was fun at the time. I really loved it. I mean, the eighties were just a wild time, yes. and I very much enjoyed doing it and and loved it. But you know, that was when I was having a bit of a hard time, which. I talk about in says yes, who. Yes. So it really impacted my my career right. actually. So let's talk about that cuz that's a big part of why you wrote the second book. Um and um you know, a lot of people at home will probably identify with this. So, you know, and, and there is a lot of talk right now, as a matter of fact, about mental illness mm -hmm. in families and that mm -hmm. people need to talk more about it because it is so prevalent. And the more we talk about it, the more it becomes um, less 
scary for us to talk about, right? Right, exactly. So this Taboo, is, the stigmas around mental illness. I right. mean, even having something like Mental Health Awareness Month, which May is that month, and that right. there's so much more focus now on these subjects that mm-hmm. at the time that I had the experience, right. which was that my sister had a, a uh, mental breakdown. Right. It wasn't And you were about. only 15 I was, and she was 19. Yes, Very I young. wasn't quite 15 and mm-hmm. it was extremely tragic yes. and traumatic and it just changed my the course of my life. Right. And when I became an actress, the reason why I mentioned that is because when I became an actress, I started to have anxiety, mm-hmm. and I didn't know why. And the reason why I had anxiety is because I had buried a thought that I had that came up for me. Because when we go into fear, we go into fight or flight, and oftentimes we tell ourselves things like, oh, my God, I'm going to die, or something's going right. to happen. Something that uh, isn't probably going to happen, but we're telling ourselves it is. And for you, let's explain that that was... Um, that your sister was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Manic depressive and, and just schizophrenia. And, and then you were afraid the same would happen to you. Yes. I, I, I imagine that anybody that's listening that has some mental illness in their family, whether it's a sibling, a parent, mm-hmm. a child, whatever, that people must go through what you went through thinking, oh my gosh, could that happen to me? So of course that would, I mean, it feels like that would be a, a, a natural fear. I agree with yeah. you, and I'm sure that a lot of people that ha- that have been through some kind of trauma in their life, you know, for me it was the personal story of my sister having mental illness, or whether it's alcoholism or right. anything or abuse, anything that we witnessed in the home and experienced that created trauma for us. Right. And then what happens is that when we're in trauma or fear, mm-hmm. we tell ourselves things. And for right. me in particular was that, oh my God, what happened to her is going to happen to me. Right. And I'm now, sure there are other people that have told themselves things. Right. Now she grew up in uh, a drug culture and it's possible we had talked about right. that she had taken some sort of drug that pushed her into that state. Yes. I and, mean, and I say that because like really is a wake-up call to to young people that maybe are, are trying out drugs, that this could have a very bad outcome. So, Absolutely, know. Catherine. I'm so yeah. glad you're bringing it up because as of just recently, there are studies that are showing now with you know the legalization of marijuana. Um, and for some kids, I mean, uh, I know somebody whose child has chosen not to smoke marijuana because schizophrenia runs in the family. Mm. So there's now different theories so you, around that. Yeah, I was going to say, so I know that'll probably cause big, big, big uproar on here. I'm, I'm thinking something like LSD or Well, it something. is, and I want to start yeah. with that because yeah. in as much as I, you know, this isn't any judgment on any drugs that anybody chooses to use. But everything it, affects everyone differently. That's exactly right. Yeah. So these are new studies. Yeah. And that, you know, that some of the marijuana that some of these young kids are using today are very strong and they could be laced or mixed with other things, as we know. But yes, things like hallucinogenics and mind altering drugs Mm -hmm. are can be the thing that maybe for a psyche that's already maybe fragile, and that Mm -hmm. could have been the sense of my sister, that maybe there was already, we don't know, that she could have been predisposed. There could have been, she could have been overly sensitive. You know, there's just too many unknowns around mental illness, and that's why it's really important for us to know more. Right. How do you recognize if somebody's had a, a nervous breakdown? Like, what does that look like? 
You know, somebody was just sharing this story with me as recent as yesterday about, mm -hmm. um, you know, somebody who was showing signs of instability. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are, that's why expressing what you're going through is so important and mm -hmm. reaching out right. and not feeling that you're alone because you're not. And I talk right. about that in both books, that it's so important not to feel that you're alone in your despair. Mm -hmm. You know, the suicide rate is extremely high right now. And also very much amongst young adults. And so this this understanding that any signs that you might be experiencing or that, uh, that you notice in someone else, instability, talking about their depression, talking about their anxiety, talking about even that they don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, these are things we don't take lightly. Right. And these are things that we really need to put our focus and awareness on. Well, do people stop socializing? Do they sleep a lot? Like, what, yes, are the, are, what does it are, look like? There are many signs yeah. that are real indicators for mm -hmm. things like depression. Withdrawal. Mm -hmm. uh, not communicating. Mm hmm not wanting to see somebody, mm -hmm. um, where you start to be very aware of someone's behavior. And, you know, that's why mindfulness is so important. It's right. like being aware right. of what we're experiencing and being aware of what we see in others. Do you think that uh, the reason you went into mindfulness, I was thinking this last night after I saw you speak at your um, book signing, uh, is that the reason you focused on the mind was because of what happened to your sister's mind and your fear about your mind. Do you think that that's what made you think about the health of your mind and uh, and and, uh, and trying to create a, a life of helping people find mindfulness so that we're checked in with the health of our mind? 100% yes. Yeah, yeah Without I think so question. Too. And, yeah. and that's where life and uh, destiny and even the fate of others can impact our lives so greatly. Mm -hmm. I say that my sister Esther was my greatest teacher. Mm -hmm. You know, she guided me on my path, unbeknownst mm -hmm. to me, through tremendous pain and sorrow yeah. and suffering. Yes, I became very um, committed to wanting to know, know more about what makes us tick. Yes. And that how, for me specifically with her, the way I looked at her is, was how can someone seem so fine one day yeah. and completely never the same again the next? And that and even I happens that. with Alzheimer's and stuff too. Yes. Our mind is so important to keep healthy. And so I think the work you're doing is really important. And, uh, and your books would lend itself to how do we keep a healthy mind? Absolutely. What I yeah. call, you know, creating new healthy habits of thinking. Yeah. And my books really touch upon that. My work is very much about thought awareness. And Says Who is a book uh, uh, which I created a method for transforming negative and fear-based thoughts. And, you know, I tell people sometimes about my first book and I'll say, oh, you know, it's a method that I created for transforming negative and fear-based thoughts. And they'll go, oh, my God, I need that. Yeah. Like, who doesn't need to yeah. transform those negative thoughts? Yes. We all have them. We yeah. all have the inner critic, yeah. and we don't realize how far those thoughts can right. really go and affect our lives negatively. I love that it says who and live true. <laughs> Did you mean to? <laughs> no. I love the way it rhymes like that. No, says and who, I'm, I'm live working true. On my Get third, them both. I'm working on my third book, and it's nothing like either of them. <laughs> it doesn't so, rhyme? Yeah. Darn it. <laughs> I know. It's completely Oh, you are working on your third book? I am. Oh, I am. what is that about? That's going into a whole another area that is deeper 
Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm taking, you know, it, it is a continuation, if you will, mm-hmm. about getting to know who we are. Right. Taking a deeper dive. I like to go into places that a lot of people don't want to go to. Right. I'm very much about the inner journey. And I'm very much about self-awareness awareness and self-actualization. I think that how do you know yourself if you don't go in there? And check in with what's happening inside, you know, the inner journey. So the third one is, I think, taking even a deeper dive into who we are. I love that. And you put on workshops and different events, and you obviously do personal coaching and and things like that. I do. Um, So tell me a little bit about the events, and and people can find out about that at uh, your website or at Ned nadrich.com yes okay. and uh, all of what i'm doing is on there and you know whether it's future projects or mm-hmm. you know everything this will be on it yeah. that we're doing together and the books are on amazon they're and, on amazon okay. and or barnes and noble but amazon we all know how fast that works yes yes so yeah and you know all the events that i'm doing i do do workshops i've got two coming up uh one is going to be at the open center in new york on mm-hmm. October 12th, which I'm doing a workshop and a book signing on the authentic self. And I'll be doing a similar workshop in Seattle at the East West Bookstore uh, August 11th. Great. Yeah, and so you're traveling signings. all over the country with this I message. Am, I, I love am. That. And I am. I, because I really want to get the message out wide mm-hmm. and far. Do you know, it really, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about earlier, Catherine, about we write because we have something to say. Mm-hmm. We write because something moves our heart and soul. And that's why I write the books that I write. So right. if I can reach more people to help them suffer less, right. then I feel like I've done my job. So after your acting, you started a women's group and a writing group and doing the life coaching. It seems like it's all centered around helping women uh, write and um and collaborate and mm-hmm. um, similar to what I'm doing, it's women helping women. Absolutely, and I right. love that, and yeah. I love what you're doing is amazing. Um, yes, I had a women's group for almost 10 years. Love women, love supporting women, mm-hmm. love championing women. We rock, mm-hmm. do we not? We do. <laughs> and Let's just say. Yeah, just saying. You know? <laughs> and so the women's group that I put together, you know what's interesting is that I had my first women's group at 23 years old. Wow. And I had this idea to have a women's group. I just felt called to create before it. Before it was popular. Before it was popular, yeah. before I had my second one. And I reached out to women that were powerful. Mm-hmm. And they were mostly older than me. Mm-hmm. And I said, I got something to learn from these women. Mm-hmm. They're powerhouses. Yeah. You know, and I want to know what they know. So I started this amazing group with very high-minded I would say very spiritual-minded women, and I had this awesome group. There was a shaman in my group. There was a uh, designer in my group. There was an author in my group. My gosh, they were such a powerful group of women, and I knew that something very special was was (coughs) happening in that Mm -hmm. situation. Fast forward to years later when I became a life coach, I said, I want to do that again. I want to bring women together so that we can hold space, sacred space together, Mm -hmm. and we can really bring our ideas into the foreground. I just feel like uh, we're more powerful when we help each other than when we try to stand alone. I agree. I say we're we're more powerful as a we than a me. And, And, you know, men have always been actually really good at having an old boys club. And I always say, 
No one wants to belong to the old girls club. So I call it the bold girls club. I love it. So, like, let's be the bold girls club and really network and help each other and bring each other up the ranks. If you know? we can't do it with each other, if we can't champion each other and empower each other and set the tone for that. Right. And it's really recognizing how powerful we are. And by doing that together we are then that much more powerful. And that permeates out into the universe. I do think people are starting to talk more about um, women helping women. But I do feel like it's still a lot of people talking about it, mm. like saying, oh, I, I want to help women, oh, I like to help women. But, you know, every day we should be doing something to help another woman, right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like put it like, into action. Yeah, put it into action. Yeah. Let's, let's walk the walk. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's important because you know what? I even talk about that with mindfulness. I don't like when things are just talked about. Right. We need to put them in motion. Yes. We need to act on those things. So yes. I'm right there with you on it. I think the way in which we can really help each other, you know, I've, I'm like you. I love to introduce people to people. Yes. I love to network. I would say it's free. It, it, it's free it to is. connect people. It's absolutely. absolutely free and brings a lot of joy. Right. Yeah. You know, and that connectivity that yeah. we can do with one another brings everybody up. Yes. Do you know? Yes, so it does. There's no downside we? to connecting people that benefit each other. Absolutely. Not one. And you're right, but more yeah. of it is happening, and yeah. we're going to get it away from being talked about, and it's going to be actualized. It is being actualized. Yes, it it's is. It's happening. You're doing your thing. I'm doing mine. Right. And more wonderful women are doing it as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Oh, I've definitely seen more yeah. uh, women's groups popping up that are all about, you know, truly empowering women, not yeah. just meeting and having coffee and talking about right, it, but exactly. actually doing it. Yeah. And another thing is about that, which I, again, is is the ask. You know, you're, mm -hmm. what you've created with your organization is that, People really, women are coming forward and they're saying, hey, this is what I need. Yes. You know, you got to make your need known. Yeah. My, know? my friend Andrea Quinn always says that, that women are not great about asking I know. or receiving. That's right. And so it's something that uh, we need to all work on. Right. Um, and the ask is where it starts. If you don't ask, you're certainly not going to receive. That's right. I remember yeah. talking to a woman. I have to remind myself of that every day. It is because I, yeah. I remember a dear friend of mine was going through a bit of a crisis and, um, you know, she was keeping a pretty sort of cool, calm cucumber facade. And but and I said to her, well, you know, I, I how, what's going on? You know, you're you're struggling. And she really expressed to me, she said, I, I have such a hard time asking. Yeah. I have a hard time. It's hard for me to show my vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And we can be fierce and we can be strong and we can still be vulnerable. Yes. And asking oh, is not a weakness. It, right. I, I think asking is actually a strength. Right. And, it, it, you know, Brene Brown, of course, is all about you have to be vulnerable to be strong. Absolutely. Yeah. And it yeah. is a vulnerability in asking. I think uh, our fear is that we're asking for ourselves and we have to always remember that we're asking for the bigger picture. Like, yeah. what is it you're here? What, why is it, what's your purpose? What are you meant to be doing? Yeah. And then you're asking for to make that purpose manifest exactly. and that's where you have to be fearless with the asking absolutely and walk through those and you know i think people the reason they're afraid to ask is they're fearful of the rejection 
I think you're right. You know, and yeah. and I've met so recently. Especially being vulnerable and yeah. then being rejected after being vulnerable. That's that's yeah. not that's oh, not totally. a fun experience. And then I recently was talking to someone. I know they pitched their show like 40 times before it got picked up. And they said every time they woke up and they, they had some nose, they're like, great. That means I'm like on my way. I got getting the nose out of the way, mm-hmm. you know. So you yeah. have to look at it that way because it's not going to be yes, yes, yes. It, it's going right. to be a lot of nose. And you have to just keep saying, I'm doing this for the great purpose that's what it's for exactly trek trek on yeah and and go towards that fear you know we all sometimes don't want to go towards the ass because it's uncomfortable but pushing ourselves towards what makes us uncomfortable is how it starts to become more comfortable and here's the funny thing I, i read recently and i agree with it that if if the life wasn't a challenge it would be pretty boring I know. So, you know, it's that fear that drives us that, you know, is, right. and we walk through it and you get on the other side and you feel great about it. That it makes everything more exciting. Because right. if it was, if you didn't have a little fear and challenge, life would get kind of dull, wouldn't it? I agree. It? I agree. <laughs> you know, and that's why I say with mindfulness, don't rush those moments by so quickly. Yes. Even the ones that are difficult and right. challenging. Because I say... The sweet spot is on the other side of that difficulty. That's mm-hmm. where you really drop into like, ah, okay, now I can really feel the joy of my hard work. It's the fruits of your labor. Yeah. Do you know? It sometimes yeah. doesn't just come in that easy. Yeah. And then when you do get that thing that is what you're supposed to be manifesting, your life's purpose, it feels so much more earned and so much more exciting because of all the controversy you went through to get to it right absolutely that is yeah like writing your book I'm sure that was a lot of blood sweat and tears it was it was not easy and I as I said I only say that because I've written a book before and I know you you know know. what goes into making a book a film or any anything that's you know any significance Yeah. yeah all the things that we really believe in and we're passionate about you know it's not always just the doors fling open for us yeah and the book was you know very demanding uh, and it was very hard because I wrote it right after my sister Esther passed away oh wow and I was in grief when yes. I wrote the book yes you, yeah, I, you mentioned that last yeah, night yeah and I look at that and I think wow I don't even know how, how did I, you do it I don't even but know you felt like you it. were channeling her you told me I did yeah, I felt like she, she was the, she was the guidance I love that yeah. um, as we're wrapping up tell me one thing from the book that you would like to share with the audience uh the book live true that's you know available now like is there like one nugget that you'd like to share that you know would be a a reason that they would definitely want to pick this up I know it's an invaluable book of tools but maybe one tool or or idea that you'd like to share You know, it is full of so many, as I said, tools and tips and and, uh, skills and techniques that I really love. About how to be totally mindful. Mindful and to be present present and to really drop into you. It's like, you know, I say live true, be you. You know, each and every one of us is this unique, remarkable human being. And, you know, I don't know what's in your inner dialogue. You don't know what's in my inner dialogue. But I know enough that we all have things that we tell ourselves that aren't true. And what the book, I think, will do is it will really open up this awareness of that, yeah, this is my life, and I want to make it the best life that it can be. And what am I waiting for? Right. You know, I could do that today. Right. I can change my life 
right now. That's why present moment awareness is so valuable. It's like, who am I right now? Who am I in this moment right now? And what do I want this moment to be about? I love that. Do you know? And I and I have to say, I, I laughed last night. You said uh, everybody has forty to seventy thousand thoughts a day, and I thought, oh, I'm sure I have one hundred twenty five thousand. <laughs> but right. but the point of that statement is that with all of those uh, thoughts that we have going on every day, uh, how do we, as you, you know, the most simplified way I can say it is, how do we stop and smell the roses? Well, having and, awareness, you yeah. know, mindfulness. Somebody asked that question last night. You know, what do you do with those negative thoughts? We have negative thoughts. We have an inner critic. Guess what? We all have it. The most important thing is to have a mindful awareness of like, oh, there's that negative thought again. Right. Catch it and do something so simple that I call the release and replace technique that I created in Says Who. If you can release one negative thought today and just replace it with its positive counterpart, you're going to feel different in your body. Yes. You know, and just try that. I have that great exercise that I that I do a lot in my workshops and public speaking where I have these post-its. They're the release and replace post-it. I say, write down a negative thought on that post-it. And many people say, just one. <laughs> you know, I say, just write, start with one. They write down a negative thought. I said, take that piece of paper and throw it right. across the room. And I did that exercise in a room of 250 entrepreneurs they were throwing that piece of paper <laughs> ball of paper and I said you see that piece of paper do you want to pick it up and uncrumple it yeah. and they're like no no let it go let it go and I said now yeah. write down its positive counterpart yeah and take that post-it and stick it on your mirror yeah when you're brushing your teeth every day and yeah. getting ready and tell yourself that positive thought as opposed to the one that's bringing you down right. and sabotaging you. I love that. We're going to leave go. everybody with that thought. <laughs> I, a long time ago, a friend of mine said, you can't have a feeling without having a thought. So Don't if you can right. change your thought, you can change your feeling. Absolutely. And I love that. That's a wonderful exercise for everybody to do today. Great way, great way to start the day. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you I so appreciate much for it. Having Love me. the work that you're doing. Thank you, Catherine. So be sure to check out um, Live True. Uh, you can pick up the book and, and of course, visit uh, uh, auranadrich.com uh, to find out about the workshops and, and all the good stuff that she's doing. You might want to be a part of that. Make it a great day. Hugs and happiness. We'll see you next week. <laughs>